Hello, this is Matthew Johnson, and I'm the pastor of the sanctuary here in Columbus, Indiana. Welcome to our podcast. I pray today's message inspires and challenges you. Feel free to visit us at thesanctuary.church if we can serve you in any other way. So now, let's head to church where we are in session. Praise God. Praise God. It's great to be at church on Wednesday night. The power of God is here tonight. In Jesus' name, I'm so glad to see everyone. Turn around and just give someone a fist bump or point to them and say, it's good to see you tonight in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad to have our young people and our young adults with us tonight. And we are excited about this weekend, Youth Revival Weekend. It's going to be amazing. Believing for great things. How many enjoyed this last weekend with Brother Brown as we launched Refuge? What, what an amazing time. So very thankful for that. To all those who are watching online, we welcome you tonight to the sanctuary. So I'm not really going to be teaching tonight. I'll be more preaching tonight. I'll explain how that came about in a few moments. I want us to turn to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Yes, I, I feel like I have a message for our young people and young adults, but I, I really feel like it's for everyone. I've been praying for each of you this week, waking up early and I don't know every situation going in every life and probably a good thing I don't because I care so much about you, I would be up every hour of every night. But I do know this, God cares about you and your situation and he's gonna see you through. So if you're here and you need encouragement tonight, I just gave it to you, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Second Timothy 3. One through five. If I could get this, thank you. But mark this there will be terrible times in the last days. I just encourage you, and then I brought up the scripture. That's awful. The two don't go together, but this is word. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Hmm. Sorry, that's not. The reason why I use the scripture, but it does work. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, deceit, deceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does this sound familiar to where we're living right now? This is happening in the last times. Verse 5 is the key scripture I want to hone in on and one that I've been praying on for days. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. As we prepare for youth revival this weekend, I want to preach on this thought. No longer denying the power. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want you to submit to God at this moment. I have a word, but it must be received in a heart that is prepared. Come on, would everyone pray? 
from the front to the back. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you, God, to speak to us tonight in a special way. We need your power in our midst. We want to be led by your spirit. We ask you, God, to do a perfect work in this place. We ask you, Lord, to let your spirit be here. Bring restoration and power and strength here in Jesus' name. Can you clap to the Lord? You may be seated. It was cold that night in Evanston, Wyoming. The date was December 28, 2012, just days after Christmas. A 13-year-old and his sister went outside to go sledding. How many young people like sledding? Yes. All three of you who went out and the rest of you played it on your video game. Sorry. Their favorite spot to go was this hill right here, this next picture. It was near a railroad under overpass. And as they got near the hill, they noticed a man was sleeping under the bridge. Now, it was 10 degrees outside, and that caused them to go up to check on him. They called out to him several times, trying to get his attention. And uh, I know to all the parents, you're screaming right now, thinking, what are you doing bothering a homeless man? But they wanted to see, and he did not move. And so they got brave, and they went up and actually nudged him, and he did not move, and that's when they got alarmed. They ran home, and they told their mother that they found a man under the overpass that seemed to be either unresponsive, sick, or the worst case, he had passed away. Soon, the police arrived, as you can expect, and they discovered the tragic truth that the man was indeed dead. This is a true story. He had been sleeping under the bridge the night before, and he had died of hypothermia. The police searched through his tattered clothes to try to find out who was this man who had died under the bridge. And surprisingly, as they searched through his clothes, Brother Isaiah, they did find a wallet, tattered as it was, and inside they found an ID issued from California. His name was Timothy Gray. He was 60 years old. Based on what he was wearing, it appeared that he had been homeless for quite a while. And that night had brought the ending of his life. You would have thought that someone would have cared enough about him to give him a warm bed. You would have thought that someone could have given him a, a meal to help him out. But as the officers went through his wallet even more, Dalton, they found something that was very peculiar. They found an uncashed check for $54,000. Enough for housing, a vehicle, clothing, food, and anything else he might need. And yet that night, Tim died under a cold bridge. But things got even more bizarre than that, Brother Rose. As officers began to track the family down to let him know that this man had died, they found out that he was the great nephew of Miss Clark. Here's a picture of her. A world-renowned painter and philanthropist. She died a very, very rich woman. 
and left be behind a fortune, a fortune of $300 million. Tim was related and was entitled to $34.5 million. But instead of claiming what was rightfully his, he died all alone under a bridge on a cold Wyoming night. This story is very sad to me. Yes, because someone died, but more than that, the fact that this man had everything needed to survive. With $54,000, you can find Super 8. $54,000, you can get a nice meal, you can find shelter, you can have nice clothes. And then to think that this man was entitled to be a multi-millionaire. He could have purchased the largest mansion in Wyoming and all the buffalo in Wyoming. But instead, he died a pauper with nothing to show because he didn't claim what was rightfully his own. As I read the story, I reflect on how you and I can be like this homeless man, a spiritual vagabond, entitled to the very best, but living below our spiritual inheritance. Let me tell you that in this place tonight, is the fullness of Almighty God. He is in this place with all power. He can do anything. Someone can be healed tonight. Someone can have their need taken care of tonight. Whatever it is, can be taken care of. But why is it that we have too many who are starving, living outside the safety of the house of God in the cold winds of sin, all while God has blessing and favor and refuge in his presence. 1 Peter 1.4 tells that we have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and one that doesn't fade away. Romans 8.17 tells that, that we are heirs of Christ. We have something coming to us as children of God. Are you thankful that you're a child of God? That you are an heir to the kingdom? My question to you, Emery, is this. Will you receive it? My question to every one of you here tonight, will you receive it? Sounds easy, doesn't it? But yet sometimes receiving it means we have to prepare to receive it. And that's where we have a hard time. We want all of God, but we don't want to prepare for it. And guess what? Because of that, he doesn't have a place to reside because there's already someone residing there. But I don't know about you. I'm ready to clean house so that he has a place within my heart so I don't have clutter. I need someone to help me. I know it's a Wednesday night, but I don't want to have anything in my heart cluttering my heart so that he can't come in his fullness. I know tonight was supposed to be Bible study. 
And young people, you were supposed to be in the Life Center. And I'm so sorry you have to hear me instead of Brother Sizemore because we know you love Brother Sizemore. Let's hear it up for Brother Sizemore. But on Monday, after three or four promptings of the Holy Ghost, I finally was brave enough to call Brother Sizemore. I was, I, was, I was picking up Jace from school, and I said, I'm feeling something. I feel a message for the congregation, but I want to speak to our young people as well as we prepare for a revival weekend because there are some of you young people who are living like spiritual paupers when God has something so much more for you. You could be a millionaire in Christ tonight, and all you have to do is claim it. I need a young person this weekend who'll say, I'm ready to claim what is rightfully mine. I am a child of God. <laughs> Scripture tells us that in the last days, people are going to turn away from truth. They will live sinfully. They will be disobedient. They will be proud. They will have unnatural affections. They will be unthankful. There will be sin all around. And that's what's happening. We are in the last days. It's time to get ready. Do you need a reminder that he's coming soon? It's time to get your heart ready. It's not time to wonder, well, maybe next week I'll get right. Today is the day of salvation. And if you don't know if you're ready, tonight could be your night. We will get the baptism of full. We will baptize you in Jesus' name so that you can be ready to meet your master. Brother Bryce, verse 5 began to speak to me when it said they will have a form of godliness but deny the power. In other words, they will be an almost Christian but things won't be right. They will look like a Christian they will talk like a Christian. They will come to church like a Christian. Their social media profiles will appear they are a Christian, but they will deny the power. Another word for deny is to reject, to turn down, or to decline. So the scripture is saying they will know all about the power, but they will say, no, thank you. I don't need that power. I reject that power. Not for me. It may for, be for someone else who's radical. Give it to someone else. I want a professional religion. That power doesn't fit my lifestyle. It comes down to a choice. What do you want? Do you want the power or do you want to stay the way you are right now? I don't know about you, but I want the power in my life. I don't care if that's to strip away my pride, strip away every part of me, my self-will. I want the power of almighty God. Someone help me right now. Come on. If you want the power, I want you to stand your feet and I want you to clap to the Lord. So this is why I was reluctant to call you. I mean, it's, it's Wednesday night. I don't even wear a tie Wednesday night. It's like casual. 
They asked me, do you want the lapel tonight? I said, no, I want the big microphone. <laughs> That's how you know how I'm going to preach. The lapel is kind of like teachy, teachy. This is like preachy, preachy. I just gave away a secret. But can I tell you, when God speaks to me about something for our congregation and keeps me up at night, let me tell you, I'm going to bring the word to you because we need a clear voice. We must have the power at our, in our sanctuary. Without the power, we have nothing. We just have a beautiful sanctuary and nice seats and a great performance. But God wants us to have the fullness of his power for us to be marinated and saturated totally with him now to help illustrate my point I have two plates of food here and for those like me who have not had any dinner I apologize could we get the camera on our food so we have two different plates of food one that is healthy and the other that is not as healthy. Is that fair? Now, which one of these... Do I look like Vanna? <laughs> Jared, was that a yes? Which one of these would you rather eat? I had young people threatening my life if they could eat something up here. And it had nothing to do with the salad. If I'm honest with you, right now, the salad looks really good. But can someone, I mean, there are some peanut butter cups over here, y'all. That is what I would actually eat right now. I didn't say my health coach would say that's what I should eat. That's what I feel like eating. But if I ate that every single day, what would I look like? I would have a weight increase. I would have high, higher cholesterol. I would have heart problems. You'd have much longer sermons because I could barely breathe. That's an incentive to keep me in shape. And overall, I would feel terrible. Side note, do not send me a angry text messages after church that I'm preaching against junk food. I have it in my pantry. Just help me here, okay? Can I get an amen from everyone? But what if every single day that's what you ate and you washed it down with Coca-Cola? You see, tonight, the only thing that's missing on this plate is a nutty bar. And by the way, there's only one way to eat a nutty bar. Layer by layer, I need an amen. Thank you. I crave sweets. Can, is anyone else crave sweets? I, you know, I don't care about the salty stuff. I crave sweets. That's what I crave. In the same way, your flesh, pinch yourself, pinch yourself, your flesh doesn't crave spiritual things. Your flesh doesn't want them. It's because we were born into sin. So unless you are willing to fight your flesh, 
You are going to die in sin. It is a daily battle. Turn your neighbor and say it's daily. You will be so stuffed with junk spiritual things that you will have no appetite for this over here. Now, we recently went on a fast and because I thought it would, maybe my, do I have to tell everything? Has anyone ever gone on a Daniel's fast? Sounds wonderful for two days. Some of you have not been on one. You need to for about 30 days. On day five, cardboard was sounding good. Okay? I didn't say this during my fast, but I can say it now. Isn't it amazing that when you're on day 10 of a fast, your taste buds change? Suddenly, now, Jace, what is your least favorite thing to eat? All right, what's your least favorite thing to eat? Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. All right. If I put you on the right fast, you would be saying, oh, can you just add a little more bacon with those Brussels sprouts? All right, Emery, your very least favorite thing to eat? Cauliflower. Cauliflower. How many love broccoli and cauliflower with a big old steak? You know how my wife eats a steak? Extra, extra well done. That's called a burnt offering. Thank you. See how they agree? It's not of God. God created that animal <laughs> to be killed. <laughs> That's awful. The fact of the matter is, what you fill yourself up with is who you'll eventually be. And if this is all you eat every day, you will have no appetite for this over here. Am I right? Why? You've already filled up with this. Young people, if you fill your whole life with websites and media and stuff of this world, and that's all you do, hear me right now, then you will have no appetite for spiritual things and they will only be a distraction in your life. Your flesh craves ungodly things. Your flesh wants to do its own thing. Your flesh does not want a pastor. Am I the only one who was a teenager who, who uh, I mean, when pastor called me to his office, like I was terrified? Am I the only one? Some of y'all don't even know what it was back in the day. Some of you, whoo, Yeah. My office is a whole lot less scary than my pastor's was. But you guess what? My flesh. I, come on. We want to do it our own way and our own time. We do not want to be submitted. And unfortunately, we don't always want to be submitted to God. So when he speaks, I want to do what I want to do on my timing. And this is my kingdom. In one moment, he can take everything away from you. Well, let me tell you something. This isn't about giving, but let me just add this right here. 
you know what, I'm not going to tithe because it's mine. <laughs> Are you testing God? Are you telling God that he had nothing to do with your success? Are you telling him he didn't give you the health in your body? Can I tell you everything is his? I'm thankful that I'm able to give. I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that I have a vehicle. I'm thankful for everything he's given to me. Young people, if you're waiting for the moment for you to come into service and you'll be like, oh, I just feel like standing up and lifting my hands to heaven. 90% of the time, you're not going to feel like it. There's only two times when you need to worship God, when you feel like it and when you don't. That includes everyone in this place. That's why we stand to our feet, whether we feel like it or not, whether today was sunny or whether it was raining or whether I have bank money in my bank account or not. I will praise him when I feel like it or when I don't. I will not be led by the flesh. I will be led by the spirit. Come on, someone clap to the Lord. Oh, Pastor Johnson, I just can't help it. I just keep going back to sin over and over and over again. It's out of my control. That's like me telling you, oh, I just can't help it. Every time after I leave church, my car just starts going towards Taco Bell. And I get to the window and I say, I want three fries nacho thingies with lots of extra meat. And I eat all three at that setting and I just can't help it. It is a choice. Your sin is a choice. Hear me tonight. Your sin is a choice. And I'm praying to God that someone decides I am no longer going back to that sin. God convict my heart so I can hear your voice. I'm keeping someone out of hell tonight. Someone hear me tonight. It is not worth going to hell for that sin, that little sin in your life. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How would someone describe you? Are you spiritually minded or are you carnal? Can they barely say anything around you but without you twisting it into something that is vulgar? Are you spiritual or are you carnal? And parents, remember, the carnality that you bring into your home affects your kids. Well, we'll just watch this movie, but our kids won't. That's called hypocrisy. I'm feeling like pastor tonight. Can I tell you? I don't want to bring anything into my home that my kids can't look at. I don't want to bring anything into my home that I don't want my kids to do. I want to have a pure spirit, a pure heart. I 
I pray to God that every one of our homes is filled with prayer, is filled with fasting, a Bible reading every day, that there would be peace in our homes. And how will that happen when someone says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my, I can't. I can't tell you, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my, the Johnsons, 42, 44, 20, Brookfield. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord when others compromise. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Now I have a question for all of us. What are you hungry for? You see, because as I've changed some of my eating, as much as I desire these things, I begin to think about the consequences. Because I know I'll get a phone call in two weeks. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing on that little health journey? This is the worst journey I've ever been on in my entire life. But this is what they told me. You see, you have to define the why. Matthew, why do you want to lose weight? Oh, I'll tell you why. I want lower cholesterol. I want my wife to think I'm a hunk. No, I'm just kidding, honey. I want to feel good. I never want to get up to preach and just can't even breathe. I want to feel good, and I would love to live as long as I can so I could serve the kingdom. That's my reasoning. They said, hang on, they said, unless you can define your why, you will never be successful. You don't know why you're doing it. So you need to, parents, young adults, why are you living for God? What is this all about? Let me tell you my why. I want to see him one day. I want to stand before him one day. This is why I'm preaching to you tonight. Because I'm going to have to stand before God for you and you and you and you and you. And if I just come casually, just like one more sweet little message, I am accountable. That's my why that I'm preaching to you tonight. What is your why? And then suddenly, as I look at this, I no, no longer see just pure joy, but I see having to get on the scale in the morning. And I see the consequences the same way when you allow things into your home that are ungodly and you see the consequences of your young man in your home not knowing how to pray, not knowing how to fast. There are consequences. But as for me in my house, let me tell you what I'm hungry for. I'm hungry for revival. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry to grow spiritually? Are you truly hungry for this church to grow? Are you hungry to see the broken healed? Are you hungry to see the prodigal come home?
Are you really hungry to see our young people so lost in the spirit of God? Young people, I want you to go to college and I want you to do great things. But if you do all of that and you lose your walk with God, it means nothing. You can have both. You can be anointed and educated. And there's no reason to be ashamed for that. Every one of us need an education. But if you're trading it to lose your anointing, you are losing everything. Uh, Dr. Harrison, please do not judge me for this statement. But at the pearly gates, Jesus would have come a week ago, before your doctor, or after your doctor. He's not going to say, oh, oh, can you just slip that degree through the door so I could let you in? But you see, this man here understands that you can be educated and anointed. You can have both. But if you're here and you think that that's everything, we've completely missed it. Let's have an education in prayer and fasting and desperation for the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to help me preach right now. Let's, let's be educated. Let's make sure our education is well-rounded. Acts 2.39 says this. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That means it is for every person in this place. The power is available to you. Now the decision is in your hands. Do you want the power or do you just want to be a casual Christian that one day I'll really commit myself, that when I turn 20 years old, I'll get serious with God, but until then, I'm going to have a little fun. Can I tell you, we don't know when he's coming back. We need to prepare right now, right now. I want my, how many want to be ready if he came tonight? Come on. Stand to your feet. If you want to be ready, then I want you to lift your hands and say, God, create in me a pure heart and renew unto me a right spirit. Oh, God, we want to be ready for you. Come on, someone call out to the Lord right now. He's speaking to us in this place. Do you really want to be ready? Can you hear conviction in your heart? Come on, where is the spiritual appetite where we don't have to rev it up and make sure there's enough music at the right time and the right lighting? Where is the spiritual hunger where someone will say, God, I want you more than anything else? In the name of Jesus right now, God, I want you to birth a hunger across this place, something that I cannot. 
I cannot make anyone hungry for you, but I ask you right now in this place, God, put such a hunger that there are prayer meetings every time of the day, that there are Bible studies every time of the day. Put inside of me such a hunger for you, God, that nothing else matters. In the name of Jesus, stir us up, almighty God. Whatever you have to do, Lord, I don't want sin in my life. I don't want distraction in my life. I want to hear conviction in my heart and in my spirit. I want you to remain standing. I want to introduce you to Tanner. Here's a picture of Tanner. Musicians, please come. Tonight he's sick, unfortunately, but he is watching online. Last October, Tanner began to feel a tug at his heart. He began to feel conviction. He began to feel this call to change in his life. He began to look around at his life, young people, and he began to realize that the friends that he had around him were not propelling him into greatness in Jesus Christ. You better be careful who you're hanging out with. If you are embarrassed about inviting your best friends to our church, you have a friend problem. Some of you get nervous because I'm preaching to our young people. I want them to go to heaven. Can, you, can someone agree with me? Your friends make a difference. Let me just insert this here. My brother was introduced to drugs by his best friend. Is that a friend? In Tanner's life, he began to look around, and Tanner, thank you for sharing with me today. He began to feel conviction. One day, he said that he just felt like he needed to go to Brown County. I don't know, maybe it's the beautiful mountains there, I don't know. He said he found a picnic table in Brown County. He sat at that picnic table, no one was around, and he said he just began to weep. He said, God, I don't know what you have for me. But I'm hungry for more. And whatever that means, whatever I have to do, I'm available to you. The problem was, mom and dad weren't going to church. No one was going to church. What do you, what do, you do? But you see, when you're hungry, nothing stops you. When you're hungry, you can plow people over. When you're hungry, priorities change. He came home and began to tell his parents about what he was feeling. His parents, it's been a while since they had been to church. And as they heard him speak, conviction set in that home. And they decided, maybe it's time for us to go back to church. And God called them to a church in Columbus known as the Sanctuary. Jimmy and Haley, I want you to come up here. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world, but I want you to come up here. And that day, Jimmy told me this week, tears coming to his eyes. I could hear it as he was talking to me. It was through a young man 
was through a young man who was hungry. Changed his family. Tanner and his two brothers are getting baptized in Jesus' name this weekend. and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And tonight, in this moment, God is drawing you to this altar. <laughs> As we begin a weekend that's going to be life-changing, he's asking this question, what are you hungry for? Do you want the power or will you reject it? Will you put me on hold one more time in your life? Or will you come forward and give your all and receive the power I have for you? I'm speaking to every person in this place. From the young to the old, there is more for you. Will you receive it? Are you hungry for it? When is the last time that tears came into your eyes when you thought about the mercy and grace of God? When is the last time you were stirred in your spirit where no one had to stir you up except for the cross? I've been praying for you, sanctuary family. My heart is so stirred on a Wednesday night. A message to you. God, whatever the junk food is in my life, God, I want, I want to be hungry for you again. Oh, that's it, young person. That's it. Speak in the heavenly language right now. When is the last time you've been so stirred? Not in a casual way. It's not pretty. It's just real. It's authentic. It's hunger. It's travail. It's seeking after the heart of God. Don't deny that power. It's available to you, but you must receive it. You must be willing to open up your heart and say, Jesus, come in. Oh, where is the cry? Where is the cry? Where is the cry? Where is the cry from God's people? I'm hungry, Lord. I want more. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch every young person in this place. Let them not deny you one more time. Let them not push you aside one more time. But let them receive. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. If you need more information, visit us at thesanctuary.church. And we pray that in the days to come, God continues to bless and guide you in Jesus' name.